Hello, it's Andrew May and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. If you go without food for a period of time, do you feel cranky and cantankerous or do you feel calm and clear? In this Bite Size from episode number 30, physiology and fasting expert Paul Taylor goes through just a few of the many health benefits you can reap from fasting. We explore short-term fasting, long-term fasting. Paul also gives us a crash course in biology and how body functions much better once you give them a break, specifically after you have a fast. And while the benefits of fasting are there for everybody, we also discuss especially why this is advantageous in your 40s and 50s and beyond to help you not just with your body, but with your brain, with decision-making, with hormone balance. There are so many benefits of fasting. And in fact, this is one of the podcasts I've had most feedback from when people listen to the original podcast on fasting, thought, hey, I'll have a go, saw the benefits, I've had multiple messages. So if you're not building fasting into your regime, I really encourage you to have a crack, have a try. As we cover in the long form podcast, don't do it every day, just try and introduce it two or three times a week. But in this bite size, we cover the benefits of building regular fasting into your habits and your routines. So talk to me about the longer term fasts. And I, I've started playing with this. I first did it, uh, my family are up on the Gold Coast and we'll drive up because with four kids, you've got a lot of a lot of stuff, surfboards and a dog in yes. the car and everything. Actually, what happens, my partner tends to fly with the two young girls. Uh, Mika- smart, smart, and, smart. And Michaela will help. So it's just Archie and I and the dog. Right? And I'd started this inadvertently last year, mate, and I just was driving along. We generally go from Sydney to Coffs or Port Macquarie. And it was afternoon and I hadn't eaten at lunchtime. I thought, oh, just drive. I find longer term fast and the research has shown don't do a marathon while you're doing that, right? You naturally cut down your activity level. Anyway, I did my first day fast, got to Gold Coast the next day and I felt fine. So I've just started to throw in a day fast about every month. So my protocol is I'll fast at least three, maybe four days a week for that 14 to 16 hours. We'll talk about the the stack at the end. I want to get your thoughts on that. But then I'm throwing in a longer term fast, a day fast every month. So good to do that? Not good to do that? Yeah, look, look, I, I think that's good to do. And and that's that's kind of getting your training wheels on. I think there there, there would definitely be metabolic benefits from, from doing that, right? So we know that once you're in a, a state of nutritional ketosis, and and you're running off those ketone bodies. You're you're enhancing your ability to metabolically switch, which is really good. And doing activating lots of repair pathways in 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 the body. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand, right? When you're eating, when you're in a fed state, um, your digestive system is very very expensive to run metabolically. And, and so your body suppresses a lot of repair mechanisms and, and other things. When you go into that fasted state, your body takes the opportunity of, of your digestive system being shut down to do other stuff, right? And so when we get into that longer term stuff, what we know is that and in rats and mice, it's about two days where they will go through system-wide autophagy. And this is basically a cellular spring clean where the body goes, okay, and there's there's nothing coming in nutritionally. I'm not using this digestive system, which is very energy dense. So 
I'm going to switch on a whole host of bodily repair mechanisms. And it just goes in and scavenges the body and, and really kills off what are known as senescent cells. So senescent cells, I like to position them as zombie cells. These are cells that are supposed to have committed suicide, and a lot of people don't realize that. It's pretty graphic fasting, isn't it? It's like a, it sounds know, like a. Yeah. You need to come up with a game, like a. It's like a Game of Thrones Nintendo. thing, right? Nintendo Wizards, a game of Wizards. We could add, add some dragons to this. Absolutely, and 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 so this this these zombie cells are a bit like the White Walkers in Game of Thrones, right? So they are they are half alive, half dead. They haven't committed suicide. And if anybody doesn't believe me, you just need to 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 look up that cell program cell death. It's called apoptosis, right? So your cells have this program to commit suicide, but just before they commit suicide, they give birth to daughter cells. Now sometimes the suicide process goes wrong for whatever reason. They turn into senescent cells and they are more prone to cancer and, and other metabolic dysfunction. And these senescent cells will leak out inflammation as well, right? So so really not good. When we do this prolonged fast, your body does system-wide autophagy, where it's basically cleaning up your cellular junk. Now, an important thing for people to know, if you're in your 20s and your 30s, forget about this shit, right? Until you're in your 40s and your 50s, because um, our autophagy processes are pretty good when we're younger. And I always like to say to people, you know, people say to me, why does everything start to fall apart when you're in your 40s and your 50s? And and it's really, it was a, there was a molecular geneticist I used to work with called Margie Smith. And she said to me something I'll never forget. She said, Paul, we, we have um, a pact with our genes. And you sign that 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 agreement when you're born and basically your gene says I will look after you and I will keep you in tips top shape but we forget to read the small print and the small print says until you pass optimal childbearing age and then all bets are off this is what people need to understand your genes don't give a toss about you they are just about survival of the species. So they will keep you in good health while you're in optimal childbearing age. And once you hit 40s, 50s, you know, females go through menopause, us blokes go through andropause, they stop curling. They Multiple people are listening to this, just skidding on their bikes, putting the foot down in the car, diving off the bus, going, ah, but look, it makes sense to be your best physiologically, reproductively, and then after that it goes downhill. Interesting, I was in Hamilton Island about a month ago for a conference. Isn't it great, just side note, live events being back on? Yes, I see yes, your social back doing live events yeah. and you're lighting up the stage so good. I, I think I did a series last week around the country and the organiser said politely, oh, Andrew, can you leave now? I just wanted to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do more. I'll do another half-day workshop. Give me some people. I'll go to a breakout room anywhere. Anyway, back to the story. I'm in Hamilton Island for a two-day conference. Had to be there for four days to you know, acclimatise either sure. side, Paul. Yeah, you get, get that. I get right. it. And there's this guy, I'm in the sauna, and he's there with his girlfriend. They were sailing around. He was in his early 30s, jacked. Seriously, like he did cross his legs and his his arms and shoulders would ripple, like just a, like a physiological specimen. Uh, we just started chatting. I'm there pulling every lever. You know, I'd fast and I'd done weights and I'm having, I, I call it my hormesis super stack and I'll throw yes. a bit of cold in as well. We'll dig into that at the end today, 0.5. And he said, yeah, I fast three or four days a week. And I just looked at him, I said, how, how young are you? He said, I'm 32. I said, mate, I'd stop it now. 
and his his partner said, "I told you so. I told you. Yeah. Listen to him." And he said, yeah. "Why?" I said, "Look at you." I said, "You just look at a, a dumbbell and you get jacked. Save this shit until you're my age. Keep it in your locker. Yeah, Keep that's what it I said in to him. Your locker. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he said, "What should I do?" I said, "Get out. Have more fun. Eat more pizza. Yeah. You know, if you got <laughs> genetics like that, seriously, save it because you're not going to have any arsenal in your 40s and 50s." So yeah, it's uh, yeah, just no, really interesting it's, hearing you it's say a, that. It, it's a really good point, right? And and so and particularly the longer term fasting, right? You want to keep that in your locker until you're in your 40s and 50s because your body does autophagy very well when you're younger, right? And it, it's it's us old blokes that need um, this this autophagy. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you help to amplify the Performance Intelligence Podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.